Welcome to CPG Vibes. No script, just chat. We talk all things food and beverage and so much more. Feel our vibe and search for CPG Vibes on Apple Podcast or Spotify. And make sure to give us a five-star review. If you'd like to sponsor our show with your product or service or be a guest, email us at cpgvibes100 at gmail.com. Now your hosts, me, Alex Bear with Genius Juice and Wade Yeti. All right, welcome to episode 90. Love that number, right, Wade? Love that number. Absolutely, 10 away. 10 away, like 90 becomes more of a real scenario where we'll actually make it to 100. So We're in the home stretch. We're in the home stretch, brother. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice uh, confidence booster for our show here that we'll actually make it. So uh, welcome to CPG Vibes. We really just talk about everything CPG, if you didn't know that already. It's no script. It's just chat. We have a very special guest today. Um, he and he's also his company is the premier sponsor, ongoing sponsor for CPG Vibes. So we're excited to bring him on. Uh, but before we do that, Wade, I love your shirt. Yeah, you know, I figured it's it's festive, right? We've got surfboards, we've got skeletons. Um, you know, skeletons it's a, and uh, surfboards combination. Combination. Bowling shirt and uh, festivities, and uh, it's courtesy of your friends at Timu. So uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good for a laugh or two, even if I never wear it again, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, once a year is enough, I think. Exactly. Yeah, it'll, it'll be going back in the closet after, after Tuesday next week. So yeah, maybe even the storage unit, dare I say. Possibly, possibly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, thank you for joining us today, everyone. And we're, again, very excited. A couple of just laundry list announcements to make. Uh, number one, give us five stars. We're at 119. So that five star, it's very simple. You go on your iPhone. I think Wade is looking down at his iPhone. If I, I was going to look, better. yeah, I was going to say you're, you're a wise man. I am. Yeah. I mean, I can tell, right? You're, you're looking down. Either you're looking at your feet or you're ver- looking at verifying, your phone. I was verifying the 119. I was hoping it changed, but you're correct. It's still 119. So, so 119. There's yeah. a couple of people that said they were going to give us the five stars. And they never did. I, you know, you know who you are. I'm going to be texting you and tra- and tracking you down to make sure you give us those five stars. But literally just go to Apple Podcasts, which is just the app on your phone. You find CPG Vibes, the orange square. You go to that. There it is. And then you scroll down all the way to the bottom and you can give us five stars. Literally right there. Boom. And if, if that's too much for you, you can also click the link that I just, or, or copy paste the link that I put in there. All you need is your Apple ID information to go in, And I think you can do it from your browser, um, but there's the link uh, in the chat. So we need, we need, we need, our goal is to maintain a number higher than the episode that we're on. So we're getting dangerously close, Alex, to uh, passing that number. It is getting somewhat, you know, kind of like two cars on different freeways, but you never know. They might coincide that kind of dangerous but it's still a little bit dangerous. So yeah, make sure, please go on, give us five stars. We would love that. And uh, also, if you'd like to be a sponsor on our show, just like V-Driven has and plenty of other brands have in the past and in the present, make sure to reach out to uh, us at cpgvibes100 at gmail.com. And uh, it's $350 introductory rate. And you can be a sponsor. We'll mention you several times on the show. Um, And then at the very end, uh, there'll be a giveaway with your prize, your product, your service, whatever it is. We'll even bring you on for five or 10 minutes to talk about your product or service as well. Um, and then you send a swag and we'll, we won't be shy uh, to wear that as well. Right. Just like Wade is not shy to if, wear. If I was going to say, if I can wear this, I'll, I'll pretty much wear anything, even a yellow tracksuit if I have to. Yeah. I mean, those are hard to get. That's a, I think in a museum in downtown LA now, I mean, those, those yellow tracksuits, they're they should very, very hard to find. And David Delcourt's still in it. He's in the museum, you know? Absolutely. So we're talking about grown-ass foods, David Delcourt. If you don't know him, look him up. 
he has a yellow tracksuit. That's what he wears. He has a mac and cheese, vegan mac and cheese product, which is amazing. Uh, if you'd like to be a guest, same thing, cpgvibes100 gmail.com. Um, and before we bring out our guest here, just letting you know, we're going to be not so much changing the format of the show, but we're going to be adding some special segments. I know, uh, Wade, we are overdue to plan this out for 2024, but we're looking at doing some buyer series, some spotlight series. We want to do a pitch slam where you can win money and there's five or six brands that pitch your product and someone uh, walks away with a check. These are all things that are in the works for 2024 for CPG Vibes to bring more value to the CPG community. All right. So <clears throat> without further ado, let's bring out our guest here. And I'm going to put, let's see. I like this music. This is good. This is called Dance Pop because this guy likes to dance. I've never seen him dance, but I'm sure. Luke Abbott, CEO, founder. How are you doing? <laughs> Come, on. Come on. Come on. They love just We're... to finally dance. Their first time in my career. There you go. Not the last. Not the last. No. We're, we're, we're... We'll see how this goes. Yeah, where's the glow sticks, man? Those are missing from the song. I know. I know. I'm just in this like white space here today. So no, look, look, just white everywhere. There is a lot of white there. Yeah, yeah. definitely into the wall. Yeah, your background does not match the music at all, but you do. So you're a very <laughs> festive guy. I think like you need like a spa, like a spa type of music, right? It's very peaceful, peaceful. serene. Yes. Then yes. that doesn't feel like CPG, but we gotta we gotta shake this up a little bit, guys. Come on. Yeah, maybe like <laughs> this one. This one's good. That's spa music right there. That's spa. I think it's really more in line with Wade's shirt today. I mean, look yeah. at this guy. Like he showed up. You know, it's it's funny. I've I've done, uh, and this is not a brag by any means, but I've done three on camera, uh, uh, I won't say interview podcast type things today, and I've I've worn something different for each one, so that uh, if and when they make uh, they they they're public, you won't be able to tell that it was they were all done on the same day. So uh, uh, these but are yeah. these are first world problems, Wade. Exactly, exactly, yeah, and that's not counting yeah. zooms throughout the day as well. So yeah, but it's been fun. It's been fun. That'd be fun, yeah. actually, to change your shirt between every Zoom you do at work. It would be, yeah, it would be borderline schizophrenic, but uh, <laughs> I could try and make it happen. Um, I don't know. We'll I see. get tired of, like, you know, Zooms are, are soul-sucking to me after a while, like, back-to-back -back all day. Like, I need, you, you got to figure out a way to, to shake this up in our industry, guys. If they're if they're short and they have purpose, or even longer ones, if they have purpose, are good. The the really really super hours and hours on end are the ones that are a little hard to uh, hard to come by. But uh, hey, yeah, it is what it is. It is yeah, what it yeah. is. It's funny, um, you know. Whenever half the time when I schedule Zoom meetings, as Luke has witnessed, I'm not even visible. There's no video. That's I'm true. on my I'm on my phone, and so I'm like, yeah, no, I just do the Zoom. Like you, you, you wanted me to actually be sitting in front of a computer. Are you crazy? No, I'm going to move. I'm going to be mobile, right? I'm out in the field. So, but the problem is when you do Zoom or Google Meet on your phone, the connection is also terrible half the time. Yeah. So that is a risk of doing it. But I just do Zoom audio. And then I, and it's funny, I tell the other person, like, you know, I can't see you anyway. So just turn off your camera so we get better bandwidth and connection. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think as a as a Mac user and speaking for the Mac users, I think we need to um, become like a union and and protest Microsoft Teams. By the way. <laughs> yeah. or, I hate Microsoft Teams, man. It's I mean <laughs> nothing against Microsoft, the company. You love Microsoft, Solid. Bill Gates. You love them. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, saw yeah. I saw a LinkedIn post where Bill Gates was in coach. Did you see that post? Like he sits no. in, he no. travels in. Uh, this is back. I think this this picture was back in like the 90s after windows came out windows 95 but he used to travel in coach on airplanes to get to where he needed to go and there was a picture of him on his computer's laptop on on like american airlines so we love microsoft the guy is a uh, you know obviously a billionaire he's done great things but make teams more like meet or zoom please that's all we ask that's all we, that's ask. All we ask yeah so uh luke what would you like to talk about? Because you're the guest and we ran out of ideas. 
it's on you. I, I, Alex, I Unless, actually Wade, have, do you have something you need to talk? I, this I is a change. You have something you want to I say. I have okay. something to say. Okay. Um, wow. Let's get, let's get Wade's face. Let's get Wade's well, face. I was going to say, this is, I'm, I'm going to uh, peel the curtain back a little bit because uh, people, most people, probably yourself included, Alex, don't know that Luke has a secret um, or private project. Oh, he's, he, pri private project. A private project he's been working on, and private this project. is going to be the world debut announcement of that project. It is. Luke, what are you working on? I waited to do it in this in this venue, and uh, so I thought I'd surprise everybody. I told Wade right before the call started, and um, I launched are launching a podcast. It's called Reconnected, and it's my way of trying to get back to our supply chain in the CPG space of trying to, yeah, instead of being against each other or, or victims of different steps in the supply chain, can we can we find a way to come back together and, and to help support each other for everybody to win along the way? And so I'm going to be meeting with various members of the supply chain, retailers, distributors, manufacturers, and um, really creating a, a space for us to have open, vulnerable, creative conversations about what's going on in our space and how we do it better. So I, I had a, I had a special guest today that I was uh, meeting with, had a different shirt on earlier today. <laughs> Thank you, nice. Wade, for being the second person I interviewed. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you, are you at liberty to tell uh, everyone who the first was? Well, I thought I'd start with the, the father of our industry. Um, I affectionately refer to him as J-Dog. Uh, you might know him as Jimbo from Jimbo's mm -hmm. Naturally. So mm -hmm. you, yeah, so we're, um, we'll probably be dropping those podcasts um, via LinkedIn um, in probably about another month. We're still working on some editing and getting it all ready to go, but really excited about this project. And I'm super hopeful that it's going to create a spaces for these really helpful conversations but among our entire supply chain and, and get us out of like the emotional space and more into a uh, more into a space of like like how do we do this better? Cool. Because I think there is better. There is better in this. For sure. There's always when it comes to CPG, there's always a better way, right? I think mm -hmm. you know it's almost an inside joke. But what is the the length? Okay, so are you always going to be bringing on a guest in every episode? What's the format episode? Yeah. To episode? Yeah. So. Um, uh, Clearly, they share that the two first episodes are, are retailers, and I, my goal is to include manufacturers and distributors as we go. I've reached out to like leadership at KEHI and other places as well. Um, generally, it'll be me and and one other person that someone either that distributor, or retailer, manufacturer. Although, uh, could see us having panels at some point where there's you know representative from every step of the supply chain being there where we're kind of just speaking collaboratively about the challenges and how we work through them together. Um, so that, that's great. That's where we're headed. I love it, and that's something that's really not spoken about enough. A lot of it is just you know like how I built this type format, like entrepreneurs mm. and yeah. their story, and and that's those those podcasts are great, right? Because we're one of those, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I think digging deeper into the the gears of CPG and how it works and how to really help each other with better supply chain options and, you know, saving money and making better decisions in supply mm -hmm. chain, the complexity. And that's a hot topic, obviously, in the last year and a half. Yes, with, totally. You know, rising costs and, you know, God knows how expensive it is, you know, sourcing internationally, mm -hmm. which is what Genius did for you know, nine mm. and a half years sourcing from Thailand. So I think it's it's great that you're covering all this. It's great. Thank thank you. I appreciate it. And and I'm excited to get to announce it, announce it here. And yeah, that, at the very least we'll we'll learn, right? From each other. We'll 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 have more visibility. We'll at least start having conversations we weren't having before. And, and in an ideal world, we actually do have a supply chain where everybody wants. So we'll we'll see if we can pull it off. Cool. Well if you ever get into the uh, coconut supply chain I'm your man. Um, I'll be on as a guest. There's for... no one I would ever go to besides you. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I've been to Thailand. Uh, there's a there's an old video that's on YouTube. If you search Genius Juice, it has like probably 10,000 views, one of the higher viewed ones that shows me in in the forest, like literally with a tree, with the, the coconuts falling and one hit me on the head, which is why I am the way I am today. So now we know. <laughs> have you ever had? Have you ever had coconut wine like fermented up in the coconut trees? 
No, no. Usually once what, what I, what's harvested and what I've tasted has been just fresh, but I didn't know they ferment the coconut before they actually chop no, it and to, harvest it. For, no, for a coconut wine. So I was in the Philippines, um, gosh, probably for COVID and touring different coconut groves while I was there, coconut tree groves. And they offered me, they actually, some guy climbed up the tree, right? There's no ladders, there's no whatever. And he brings down this like plastic container and he's like drinking and it like, has like flies all over it and stuff. And fermenting. Like, yeah. Coconut wine. And then I'm like, okay. So I had a drink. So I didn't want to, you know, something bad to happen or, or to be disrespectful. And actually, it was really good. Interesting. Very happy day. Yeah. That's cool. I never even knew about that. It, it reminds me, and it, there's a lot of stories here, but I, um, back when I was at Aflac, right? I, I worked at Aflac for eight years doing insurance sales. I didn't know that. Seriously. And a lot of people don't know that. It's on, you know, on my LinkedIn, but it's buried way on the bottom on LinkedIn. You, you know, if we get enough sponsors, we, we need a, a soundboard because I would, that, I was queuing. I was Aflac. Aflac. Yes. I need that, I something in the background to make those noises. Aflac. Aflac. I had to get the voice down really, really well. And, uh, yeah, and, and actually when I joined Aflac, there's they have these terms in the company called PD and AD. Do you know what it stands for? No. So it's pre-duck and after duck. So, so before human history was divided. It was like literally a whole new, you know, a whole new era for for American Family Life Assurance Company of Columbus. That's what it used to be called from 1955 until like, I think 2003 or four. And, and then they came out with the duck in 2003 and then the rest is history. And then they shortened it from American Family Life Insurance Company of Columbus to Aflac. Uh, but what's interesting is the entire board met when they were thinking of this new marketing idea yes. to revolutionize this company, Aflac, right? And they were, they were already doing very well, but they wanted to just that the awareness was only about 3%. Household awareness was about 3% before the duck. So the entire board met and the uh, CEO, which was uh, Dan Amos, it was, uh, I believe uh, he stepped down, but his son, Paul Amos is now the CEO. But at the time, Dan Amos, and it's a family business, even though it's public, they all met and they were talking about what should we do? They came up with two solutions for their marketing mascot, Ray Romano, and again, this is 2001, 2002. So Ray, everyone loves Raymond, you know, was big. Yes. Yes. And the duck. Those were the two they came up with. And they the went to the cheaper, board. Right? What's up? I the, duck the duck is cheaper. cheaper. Yes. Much cheaper. Yes, and, 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 and much cheaper. For, for a while. So they can pay much, this. Yeah. Until uh, the duck got, you know, the little. <laughs> then the duck's was, agent was, yeah. Yeah. Then they just hard pressed him for a lot of money. Big contract. So the duck needed a bigger pond, right? So, um, so they, they, they all talked about it and every single board member said, we got to go with, uh, Ray Romano, not the duck. Why would we do a duck? It's stupid. And the CEO went over the top on all of them and said, I want the duck. I'm the chairman of the board. We're doing the duck. And he was right. So hmm. it goes to show you that sometimes the gut of the CEO, right can uh, go over the heads of the board, not all the time, yeah. but sometimes the gut of the CEO is right. And there was a deep lesson in that. Yeah. Yep. I'll tell my team that story and that why they need to listen to me as CEO. They still won't, but it's worth a shot. And put like a mural of the duck or like a little poster just to remind them. See that? That was because of the CEO. <laughs> I want to get like little pins, little pins we all wear, <laughs> just to remind us of how right the CEO is. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's um, you can't make sure not to go too far, but yeah, you can definitely push it a little bit. But it's interesting. I still have a lot of the uh, the duck marketing stuff from Aflac because they they we had little little keychain ducks that made the Aflac sound. We had the bigger ducks. They had limited edition ducks that were dressed in doctor's coats and construction workers. Like basically all the industries we were selling insurance to, they had a duck for that industry. So, and then they had all the commercials, right? And they had ducks based off those commercials. So anyway, and then one more thing I'll mention, because then I'll shut up about it. On the duck? On the duck? More duck? Um, more duck. Okay, let's do it. One in, one in four households in Japan have Aflac, at least back when I was working with them. I feel like we're, I'm on an Aflac commercial right now. This is... Yeah, I think right? you're still getting royalties. Or I feel getting like royalties. Yeah. yeah, Still getting so, royalties. Dude, just flash the number up to call right now and... Uh, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So 
So what I, I one of the things I was going to, you know, not to segue out of the duck, because we probably can keep the rest of the show going with that, um, is, you know, Luke, Luke is Alex. Alex mentioned e- earlier in the show, uh, you're, you're the ongoing sponsor with Beedra, and we're certainly appreciative of that. But as we look at, you know, there's, you know, the people that are listening right now are with us live uh, or will listen later. You know, we talk about V Driven each week and um, we we read our little blurb. But uh, just real quick, if you're giving your own blurb, your own sales pitch uh, and telling people about V Driven, just the the 5000 foot view. What is V Driven? What have you been working on? Go. Yeah, thank you for the space. And I think the thing you remember about V Driven is that there was no great vision when I started the company. I literally had a non-compete with um, one of my prior employers and I couldn't work in the industry I'd always been in and um, just started like uh, having lunch with different people in this space and, and realizing, gosh, there's a challenge here, there's a challenge here. And that has manifested five years later into what we do today. So at the core of what we do is representing brands in the, um, in the natural channel. We work with like 70, the 70 kind of biggest retailers in natural specialty, representing brands almost as like a broker. We call ourselves brand managers in that space. Um, I personally call on the Sprouts Farmers Market account. We have people that call on like Fresh Time, Whole Foods, and you know, Fresh Market, of course, all the way, all the way through. Um, and we cover, cover that on a national basis. We have an amazing, amazing team um, that, I, that I just think the world of um, that, that there's, really does a great job for our brands. And then we also do just consulting, um, whether you're a young brand or we work with venture capital firms who are looking at, hey, do you need help with due diligence? We're looking at buying this company. Uh, can you tell us what your thoughts are? And we're kind of unique in that we're, we actually call on retailers, plus we kind of have this kind of consulting mindset, so it can be valuable to them. Uh, we also, a, a really fast growing area, what we do is um, fighting erroneous deductions and deduction management. That is something that, um, that I started because there was a major challenge five years ago and it still is, it's only grown. So that's, that's something where, uh, you know, we've got some data, we've gotten millions of dollars back for our clients this year in terms of erroneous deductions. And I do not think that our distributor friends are trying to steal. I just think that the systems are so complex that errors happen. And our job is to go figure that out. And on the accounting side, um, almost every brand I meet that that I get to talk to about their financials is like it's almost never right people are using bookkeepers and things that you know maybe maybe low cost but um you know we're we're not expensive and we do really good accounting on our team as well so we're kind of like a Swiss Army knife you can kind of show up and and meet a brand wherever they're at we also have great affiliates uh, network that we built out embedded people and yeah it's been it's a really fun company and we really make a difference and, and again my team it's not me it's i have this best in class team that gets the job done absolutely yeah and then we're you know and won't shy away from the fact of mentioning that we're clients of be driven so and have been Thank for you. several months um where i think we're approaching i think a year at this point mm-hmm. and we 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 did it we we were we were going into the sales side you know at genius to start in the sales side the master sales side with the v driven and then we added on the accounting side. And that was a part that I didn't think that we needed at first. And then when I found out more about it, like once I got into the V-Driven system and I'm like, tell me about some other services you have. The accounting side, like you said, and you, you kind of, you ran through it pretty quickly, but I want to emphasize it, super affordable. And yeah. when it is compared to other larger companies or maybe that have more people or whatever, um, I have found, because I've been with larger companies as far as accounting goes, that you get almost the same, if not the same quality service, like in the numbers and the books Mm -hmm. for a lot less money and a great tight knit team like Andy Pond and others. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think, you you know, the the type of system and what you put together really helps smaller brands that don't have a lot of money, that don't have a big budget. Mm -hmm. And it ends up saving them money again because of the trade spend deductions. And make making money. And the other thing we do too, and this was a, a stretch for me at the first, um, Sasha from my team suggested that we do these master classes where we kind of share our knowledge with, with our community, with the whole CBG community for free. We started doing this about a year ago and, and that community has grown to hundreds of brands and we've done 
I think well over 10 or 12, maybe 14 of these, of these master classes and everything from like working with a distributor, how to like exploring um, conventional channel um, accounting, even we did a, in an hour with, and I think that's been one of the things I've been most excited about this last year. I mean, it's not, that doesn't make us money, but it's like the value that it creates for, for, for emerging brands is, is huge. Just to have this like, you know, reservoir um, of, free knowledge because the, the challenge we have right guys is that there's no like our industry can be kind of opaque it's kind of hard to, to know how to navigate um you know through whether it's deductions or distributor management or whatever it might be it's really you don't just walk up and like know this stuff and so what our goal is to really kind of make this much more accessible and approachable and successful for for young brands Exactly. So, Luke, yeah. do, do, do those classes live somewhere like people can go access them now mm -hmm. yeah. if they want to see yeah. the old ones? They, they, they sure can. And so you just can, can reach out um, to us via our website or to me directly. Um, and we, we definitely can, um, can connect you to the old ones and also invite you to the new ones. Great. Awesome. So vdriven.com, which we'll post again yeah. and again on here during Thank this you. interview V. And then for those that are listening, right, that are driving on the 110 or wherever wherever you are or the uh, or the five down to San Diego uh, v d r i v e n dot com the other thing that I noticed because I meet a lot of younger brands right that are just starting out or mm -hmm. they're in their first hundred thousand of revenue it's a it's something that I've said more and more to founders to really cement how if you do not make the right decisions that it could really hurt your business. Mm -hmm. To the point where it could be catastrophic and your business could end and you're out of business, which is you don't know what you don't know. Correct. Say it again. You do not know what you do not know. And the only way that you can know or be aware of what you don't know is talking to an expert. And once you talk to the expert, then you know what you know. So like you need to go to and get connected to experts that mm -hmm. do that. There's consultants out there and be driven, I think, is in that vein, which is and is really generous. So you're just giving these master classes, but at the same time, you will get people that see the value and be like, okay, I got value out of this. I'm going to hire be driven now because they gave mm -hmm. it away mm -hmm. as a complimentary to help the community. And now they deserve to be hired. So mm -hmm. it's cool that you're doing that. What is, what is, what's your favorite masterclass? Like what's been the, your, your most favorite masterclass so far that mm -hmm. you've done for the community and what has, which one has most people got value out of, out of all the masterclasses you've done? The ones that are, I've done two in this vein. One was specifically on deductions and the other one was more on managing dis distributors. Um, those two, uh, both of those I led myself and well attended and the uh, level of interaction and curiosity from the audience was like th through, through the roof. Um, and, and for me, it's about like empowering, right? Like the reality is, is that K and Unify do not make money delivering product to their retailers, right? And so they they had to figure out ways to to make money. I don't necessarily think it's the best way, but they chose because it's like kind of it's very opaque and people get, you know, it's really hard to budget for uh, all these, you know, dozens and dozens of possible deductions. But if we can educate brands that hey, it's like eight to twelve percent on the buy side. For K Unify, if you figure that into your budget, and I get it, it may not hit evenly throughout a year, but at least you have a you know running start. Yeah, but I think I think I don't know. Tell me what your thoughts are, um, Alex. Away, but I think most brands think it's about maybe three or four percent, and so they're not really planning for this. And so where where I can empower a brand to be much more aware of what's coming their way, and also look for opportunities to 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 prevent deductions. I think my, I'll take a little bit of space here, but the, the most common largest deduction I see that's preventable is when a branded FOB, their doc, K and Unify are picking up from them. And then, the, and then there's a layer missing or a pallet missing. The easiest way around that is taking pictures of the pallet, you know, on the dock, in the truck, get the K Unify driver in the picture. You can fight that deduction because you, you, you actually documented it was there. And those deductions, I've, I've seen five, 10, 20, $30,000 deductions in that area that if you don't have pictures, you have nothing to go on. Right. Right. And, and assigned bill of lading means nothing because of the contracts you signed with them. I mean, you signed it, right? You, you gave away your rights. And so at that point, you're dependent on this kind of subject account at their dock. So it's really, you know, it's really teaching people 
how to be effective, how to prevent deductions, and even empowering, like, hey, some deductions will be erroneous. Like, what does that, what does that usually work out to you? And then what do you do about it? If you want to hire us, great, or I can teach you how to do that as well, and you can do it yourself. So it's, um, th those are very, very popular. Yeah, I can see that happening. And uh, I, I classify deductions and and honestly, I mean, there's many classifications, but the two simple ones, the two buckets is one is predictable. Like mm -hmm. you open up a new warehouse and they charge yeah. you $100 a SKU yeah, or whatever, yeah, or, or, yeah. or a freight program. Then there's the unpredictable, yeah. which is mistakes happening either on the brand side or on the distributor side where they're moving millions of pounds a day. There's going to be mistakes. And so what, what I've, also learned is that as you establish yourself more and more in that warehouse mm. and you work with them, it's almost like a, you know, I don't even know how to explain this, but like, as you go, as you go through more time with the distributor, you understand them and how they work mm. and they understand you, you're less likely to get chargebacks. But the first year to me is the most yeah. challenging. You just, you it, get tons of chargebacks. It, you just didn't expect. It, it is right. And, and that's our job, right? Like Alex, like our job is to help people understand that before it happens. So hopefully people seek us out or watch our classes, but um, the distribution center health is, is critical. And one of the, especially if like you're in KE, for example, there's KE connect, you have all the data, you know, what the demand for your product is, you know, your code, you know, what, what's at risk for running out of code. And I really challenge brands on, on using the information available for, to them and, and not depend on the distributor, right? Because the distributor has to manage tens of thousands of SKUs. You have one line, own it, you know, become friends with your category manager and your buyer at your distributor, you know, speak up when something's wrong. So it's, it's really, really um, important that brands, you know, I hear a lot of like victimhood and it's like, I get it. And it can, it can feel really emotionally overwhelming when you're seeing all these deductions and all these things are happening to you. The, the number one thing you can do is educate yourself, right? Empower yourself. How, do, so, so how, do, how does it work for the, um, if you want to kind of open the curtain a little more, we see the, yeah. uh, the, 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 uh, the wizard of Oz, right? So how, yes. you know, and that was a good connotation on the bat because he was a good guy in the movie. He so, was a good guy. Yeah. He was a good, he was a good guy. So creepy, uh, but yes, a yeah. little creepy, but he wasn't the wicked witch of the West or any of those, you know, or the, the monkeys that came out and the tore the scarecrow into pieces. None of those yes. guys. Yeah. The, this yes. is the cool guy in the, in the, in the movie. So yes. how does your fee structure work for trade spend deduction? Is it a success yeah. fee? Is it a retainer? Mm -hmm. Tell us more. That's a good, good question. And I'm asked so often, like are you taking a percentage of what you get back and, I have from the first day knew that it was not how I wanted to do it. That just felt so wrong to me. Um, to me, it's like, you know, you've already been whacked. And, you know, for us, we know what to do for us to go do that. We, you know, we, we don't, it doesn't cost us a lot of money. We should just charge you a fair rate. So some, some brands pay us retainers, some pay us hourly. We do not get paid on success. Our team just cares and they show up well. And you're entitled to the vast majority of what we recover for you, right? You're paying us a little bit, you know, a little bit for it. And you're going to hopefully get back a lot. Um, so I think that's, that's been really important to me, just culturally, how we do this. Um, and I think I, I, I've just learned this in general, and this is more of a broad statement, but that when I start, when I start bonusing people on, on things, it starts becoming more, less about the purpose and the mission and much more about this transactional dollars for what I'm doing. And it can oftentimes get me off track where I really want to go. Makes perfect Makes sense. sense. I think that is the right, that is a very solid model to go off of. And it's pretty rare also to find a team that works as hard as you do and uh, does not charge a success fee. So that's really good. So um, so what else? What else would you like to talk about? Again, I'm out. Wade, do you have any? I've got, I've got, I've got it. I've got this under control. You're on fire today. Just, I've you got a couple you in my pocket. carrying this. I've got a couple in my pocket. So, I, didn't have, I didn't have my mud water today or my jeans. No, that's fine. No, so you're going to carry the stuff we love. So I'll, I'll carry this part of it. So yeah, I already got that going. So there you go. So Luke, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, we're, we're recording this. We're talking live October 27th. Um, obviously the, the majority of 2023 is behind us. And just kind of level set the uh, the industry as you see it right now, as far as um, where we're at, you know, in, in in the space. And maybe if you were looking in your crystal ball um, and you're, you know, you're 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 making bets on on some things that you see 
coming down the pike in in the first half, the first the first quarter even of of twenty twenty four. Where are we? Where are we going? What do you see as being, you know, like you mentioned, you know, trade deductions, supply chain, different things that have been hot buttons over the last, you know, six, nine months. Where where do you see things now and where do you see things, you know, coming coming for the next six, nine months? I, I thank, thank you for the space. I spent a lot of time thinking about this and meeting with dozens and dozens of brands talking about this so they can plan strategically. Um, you know, we are, we are, as we all know on this call, we are in the middle of a depression in terms of, of capital raising. It doesn't mean it's impossible to raise capital for a CPG brand. It's just, you know, hundred times harder right, than it was two years ago, year and a half ago. Um, the breaks went on June, June of last year in a way that that was extremely profound. And I, in our community, we've shared data about, about what's happened in terms of the precipitous drop of, of funding. Series C's really don't happen anymore, right? Series B's barely happen. We were seeing, we were seeing the, um, you know, some of the earlier stages actually were still doing okay and those slowed down. Um, really in terms of raising capital, and I know Alex, you're really big into this, like the uh, crowdfunding still exists, right? Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and raising for friends and family. So this capital thing really hit us because before it was all about growing sales and top line and crank and claiming market share. And now, you know, the mantra really is, you know, what are my cogs, right? Every penny more of cogs that I'm paying can result in three cents higher retail or lower margin, right? And then not even being competitive anymore and having our velocity side. Um, you know, the, 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 the ability to be cash flow positive and being very mindful is where is, this is the, the moment we're in. And I think we had gotten, our industry had gotten very um, disconnected from reality because of all this you know, tech money that was flowing into to our industry. It was really culturally relevant to be investing in our space. And then there was a lot of investments that didn't make sense. Um, plant-based, for example, plant-based meat in particular has been devastated over the last year. Some of these areas that were the hottest, um, very well, very majorly impacted. So in terms of capital, which I think a lot of people think about on this who are watching today, uh, I think this gets better in second quarter of next year. I think we're really at the low point right now and, and going in. I think, I think it'll be a dark winter in, in terms of, of what, what we're seeing. But I think the spring, we're going to start to see a thaw. I think we're going to start to see reasonable amount of investment happening in brands where it makes sense to invest. The challenge I see today is that really good brands aren't able to raise capital to be able to grow. And I think yeah. that's going to get better um, in second, third quarter of next year. Um, and so I, I think right now it's really for brands, it's like call like hacking the system. It's like, oh, I, I can't afford, I can't afford to hire merchandisers for my Sprouts launch, my Whole Foods launch. Well, you know, could you could we get data because Whole Foods is a portal? Could we see where the voids are? And could we just call the department managers and have a discussion with them, right? And say, hey, like I, I'm this brand, I'm I'm supposed to be on the shelf. You know, let me send you a coupon and some swag and let's go figure this out. You know, like thank you. I appreciate your help. Um, I just think that I'm seeing more and more, um, instead of checking the box of social nature or aisle or whatever it might be, it's like, how do we do this in a very capital efficient way? The other thing I see, and, and Wade could probably talk more about this, is I, I feel like I, as I call category managers, they're, they're taking my calls more. I think that, that it was so cool and exciting in, in 2020 when we were all stuck at home to be like starting our own CPG brands, which so many people did. But now that coolness factor has kind of gone away as capital's left. And so I think that's leaving more space for really good, authentic brands with amazing leaders to be able to have a, to be able to have their voice heard by retailers. Before there was just simply way too many products changing too few places or spots on the shelf. And I think that's starting to get better. Um, and I think that this winter will continue this, you know, it's a very unfortunate purge of our industry of brands. More and more brands will continue to go bankrupt which again, leaves more space and opportunity for those companies that operate um, fiscally and just fiscally sound and cash, you know, cash prioritization as a focus ways, they will be the ones that triumph going forward. So that's just some thoughts and happy to go deeper anywhere you want. Yeah. I mean, I know there's a, we'll get to the question in a second here uh, with, uh, from, from Gavin Conkle, but I have a, a comment and a, and also um, a question for you, for you, Luke. Yeah. Um, the comment that I see, or at least with the, my my uh, perspective on it, is that buyers are getting more open now as well. Um, mm-hmm. There was, I think, like late last year, 
it stores we were in, I wasn't even hearing from buyers, you know, yep. half the time. It was, a, it was yeah. This it, deafening which, silence. Exactly. Yeah. It, which is not, which was not atypical and nothing against the buyers at all. It's just because they're overwhelmed with, you know, adjusting to post COVID and like brands going out of business and resets and trying these retailers finding their footing uh, post pandemic. And now that we're, you know, a year, right. Past the, I guess a year and a half past the height of, of COVID um, the buyers are getting more settled and rooted into what they want to do and projecting and looking and, and Wade mm -hmm. can talk way more on this for 2024 and 2025. And so from the, the brand side, and this is what the show is partly about is I'm on the brand side, Wade is on the buying side, right? So we have two perspectives on this. I'm getting many more emails back um, from from large buyers and and not just Wade, right? Who's in that department. But <laughs> I'm glad Wade responds to you. <laughs> I, only, yeah. I only forward, I don't, I don't reply, I forward. No, yeah, no. which is most more than what you usually do. Usually it's That's just right. delete and no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So he, he answers my emails. So, but, but um, and he's center store now, so he's in on, on a higher level. But as far as other buyers, even like Whole Foods Global and other, other you know, uh, retail chains that are smaller, bigger, they respond. So it's exactly right what you said, Luke, which is there's less brands now. It's come back to reality. People can't raise money and yeah. they can't just continue coming out with new SKUs and filling those slots when they don't have the money to do it. My question, that, that's my observation. Question is, I'm really struggling with the state of brands exiting right now in this space. Like that is, it's all maybe a whole nother episode, but like from an investor's lens, which is probably part of the reason, it is part of the reason that money was pulled back. The likelihood of a brand exiting and an investor getting at least, in, in my opinion, you know, if you're not getting five to 10 X back on your money, waiting several years, you might as well put it into the market that mm -hmm. yields 10% a year or yeah. a bond or something or yeah. invest in real estate. So I think that pullback is um, indicative of the exit rate. And when companies exit, the exits are not as good. They're yeah. part the stock, way part down. money, the valuations are ways down, it's a way, mm -hmm. way down. So what's your, what's your opinion on just the, the market of exiting a brand? You, you cannot exit right now. There's no, there is no exit at this point. So, um, and I'd say that in a very extreme way, but I'd say compared to where we were, series C's and, and exits are, are just extremely, extremely rare. It's a, it's a unicorn, a beyond unicorns. Unicorn of the unicorns, if you will. So at this point, it's really like, this is not like a recession. This is not just a little dip. This is the worst it's ever been. And, and, you know, just to, to call it for what it is in this moment, that's what's going on. This is the moment where we just got to get through, um, you know, the exits that I'm seeing are more companies that have made missteps with cash and, you know, $500 million valuation companies a year and a half ago, they were selling for $25 million. That was, that was a part of one of these not too long ago. And it's just wild to me. You do not want to be doing an exit right now to, in, in general. Um, and your your goal is just to survive this time and to get into second third quarter next year where I think things get better. Um, exactly. We don't we don't know, right? But <laughs> I'm not we saying this is sure going to happen, but that's my hypothesis. Yeah, and one of my main mentors, who um, uh, I'll leave him anonymous, but love this guy. He had a bread company for 20 years mm -hmm. in LA, and he just you know made bread obviously private label didn't have his own brand it was all private label which is i think a great business to be in right now because it's clean and he was selling to trader joe's he was selling to um you know uh a lot of restaurants a lot of chain you know chilies all the you know table bread that kind of stuff and it took 20 years but he was very profitable had assets had an entire manufacturing facility that he financed from the bank because of his profitability and he was in it for the long game. And I think like my whole point here, mm -hmm. right, is think long game, you know, yeah. not only not only on, you know, your profit and being sustainable, but think meant your mentality on I'm yeah. be running this brand for if if you're going to run a brand and build a company and make a product and put it on the shelves, have the mentality that it's going to be 10 or 15 years yes. to be successful. I I agree. And, yeah, and to your point, run a sustainable organization. And I think you're. 
get on. I, I invested myself at the beginning, starting five years ago in about 10, 12 companies and no exits and no exits in sight. And I, I would say as an investor today, if I if I did an exit and I was reinvesting, I would be definitely be very focused on royalties as, a, as an approach in our industry. I think that makes so much more sense because there's this, there's a, no visibility of exits today. Uh, I think it'll come back, but um, royalties feels like a fair way for investors to be compensated. I, I don't know, Alex, if you have an opinion on that if you play in this space. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, you're starting to sound like Mr. Wonderful from Shark I was Shark just going to say, but, Shark Tank's all over yeah. there. Huh? That's but, where I got the idea. I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, profit sharing, you know, there's things like that. There's rev share, which uh, mm. crowdfunding is doing, which is, um, I mean, you know, WeFunder, and this is what I consult on, um, is you don't give equity to the investors, but you do rev share on a contract. Yep. So, Obviously, you have to have the right model and profitability and margins to even make that yep. happen. So if you raise $100,000 from an investor, you promise a 2x return over four years. You yep. know, So you, you, you give them back $200,000. And so they're earning in four years, 25% of their money. They're, they're earning 25% over four years, which yep. is better than the market, better than real estate right now. So that seems to be the future of WeFunder. And other crowdfunding platforms is the rev is the um, they call it revenue based financing or RBF model. The only challenge with that is that CPG brands are not highly profitable, and the margins are low. Consider yeah. you know versus other industries. So are you sure you're going to have that cash flow to pay back your investor every single quarter mm -hmm. when it comes due for the next four years? And if you don't pay back the investor. There could be some tension, right? There could so, be, there could be some absolutely some tension. And I think this is, by the way, that this margin challenge is something that they, like so many brands are dealing with today. Yeah. And when my recommendation to a number of brands recently has been to like literally partner up with your co-manufacturer, like ideally in an equity way, and so where your family, and so you're, yeah, you know, and it, that that seems to be. If you're not manufacturing yourself, you're co-manufacturing, your margins are 35% on your sales to, to K and Unify, there's probably not a path for you to be profitable, right? You, you, you probably, at the minimum, you need about a 45% margin in this space, gross margin in this space to have a hope and ideally over 50 to be to truly make some money. So it's like- Is that, is that after, after logistics and trade spend or before 45 percent 35% would be after. Good, so good to note that you everyone. Net sales, you, you, you need to be there to make that work. So Makes sense. Good. It's a lot you know, here. I was going to say, and we've got, I, I want to get back to Gavin's question before we get into the next segment. But before we do, Sean, Sean just made a comment from a broker's perspective with regards to how tough it is on that side, um, you know, that actually being business partners, um, you know, and, and if a brand can't pay, they may be part owner. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely tough out there. And uh, before we go to Gavin, I, I, I do want to just comment real quick on, on, and, and this is just philosophical or just my thoughts with regards to Alex, what you said about getting more responses. And, and, you know, certainly I don't have any uh, evidence of this, but m my feeling is, is that, you know, things are just starting to normalize a little bit, right? I mean, for the last three years, you've dealt with work from home, hybrid, uh, you've dealt with supply supply chain issues and, and, and so many buyers, category managers, whatever you want to call them, had so many other things they were working on with trying to keep shelves full and having to swap items in because, you know, somebody stopped producing something. Maybe it's just that right now things are finally to some extent starting to normalize with supply chain. And, you know, the, 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 you know, their schedules are, are more, uh, consistent day-to-day -day with regards to duties as well as the work from home, if they're back in the office, what have you. I think that's probably a big part of it. Um, and I also think during during uh, the the peak of COVID, there certainly was some turnover. So there was it was a it was a perfect storm of chaos going on that you know the last thing buyers were focused on was innovating and and and, and getting new products in and, and and responding to emails and cold calls and things like that. Whereas now you know, innovation has slowed down a little bit as far as new products coming down. And, and so they can be more deliberate and focused on, yeah. on what's in front of them and, and their day to day versus, you know, trying to put out fires uh, as much as they were, but that's, 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 a, that's a, so that's that, that makes sense. And I've, I've seen that across the country. You're, you're right. Dead yeah. on. So Gavin's question was, uh, do you see any trends upcoming leading up to Expo West for innovation, which we're 
what, four, four, give or take months away. Yeah. Key focal points within retail that consumers are leaning. That's a great question, Gavin. And Gavin, I'm glad you're here today. You're Don't give him too much credit, Luke. Don't give him too much credit. I love you, Gavin. Yeah. <laughs> I do like him. As he goes um, by the second going up. He's uh, yeah. So I, here's here's what I'm seeing. Number one is regenerative is is here at least to the retailers. I hear it from the key natural retailers in America. Bring us regenerative products. I don't know how far the consumers are down that direction, but the retailers got it. And this is how they intend to differentiate going forward. The challenge is regenerative is how much land is even available for regenerative farming today and, and how unscalable it is. <laughs> it takes a while um, for that to happen, but I think we're at the precipice of a major change and, and regenerative really all about soil health. And soil health is really about carbon sequestration and, and so much more, the nutrient density and everything else in our food system. So I think this is like, going to be as big as what you know the kind of the non-gmo organic trend this is the next stage and it's actually a much better state a holistic stage so i'm excited about that i also see you know their consumers were sold a bill of goods um if you think about like the whole and i spent this is where i initially worked a lot this is a plant-based meat plant-based cheese area five years ago i still work in that area but the challenge is that most of the brands in that space you know kind of played in this idea that anything plant-based was healthy for you Right, but it really wasn't. There was ingredients like methyl cellulose. It looked like a science project in many cases. And so consumers are sold a bill of goods. What I'm finding is that, that consumers are getting much more sophisticated. They're reading the labels. But um, I'm seeing in some of the best brands that are, that are trending today that they're putting the ingredients in the front of the product. Um, a good example of that is like an Abbott's Butcher company I've been involved with since 2000, 2020, sorry. They, um, they put their ingredients in the front because they're not using methyl cellulose. They're not using, there's no crap in there. And that's what consumers need to be signaled is that there's no crap um, in the product. We're also seeing things such as, I'm hearing more and more um, no added or no non-caloric sweeteners, right? There's this kind of the backlash against, against keto and some of the, some of the uh, extreme things that happened during keto, right? And, and that we're, we're finding also that consumers are more and more trending toward indulgence. They're, they're, they're not as afraid of sugar and fat and calories. They, they, they want things that taste good and that in general have a clean ingredient depth, right? So it's, I, I can, I think Midday Square is a great example in my mind. So I'm a, I'm a fan of their product, right? But it's, it's an indulgent product. It's delicious and it's got a relatively clean label. I think that that is, that is what I see is what's going on. Let me hear you guys' feedback too. No, I 100%. think, yeah, I agree. I think the regenerative piece is, is really interesting because I know uh, before I left California, uh, Jimbo being Jimbo and, and being the, the visionary that he is, yes, he, is. Um, he, he, he pretty much demanded uh, that that was going to be a focal point for what, what we were doing um, in California. Yep. Mike, my, my, it's not a question. It's more of a statement that I think, um, I think you hit the nail on the head that it, it hasn't necessarily trickled down to the consumer yet. And it's certainly yep. um, in, in the areas, uh, you know, especially in some of the areas we do business, uh, you know, and I, I look at my past where I did business in Ohio and Louisiana, what have you. Yes. I think the regenerative piece is is pretty far down the prioritization list uh, for the consumers in those, especially those underdeveloped, uh, not so urban, uh, trendy areas that, um, you know, I, I see it becoming more and more uh, relative, especially down the pike, you know, maybe maybe a, a year or so away. Uh, right now, I think it's probably challenging to be able to educate and tell that story across the country in every market. I think to your point, your your larger national natural retailers get it and they can tell that story and they will tell that story, I think. is, But as you look at uh, maybe a specialty retailer, conventional retailer, et cetera, they're going to have a little bit more difficult making that a focal point for the way they go to market. That's, mm -hmm. that's just me. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Yep. I know we're, uh, I mean, the only feedback I have on it, cause I know we're coming up on time is yeah, I agree with you, Luke. I think people are just circling back to just cleaner ingredients, mm -hmm. simpler ingredients. Yep easier to understand, um, big backlash against stevia, you know, yes. um, even like when we were sampling our genius shots, which has monk fruit because all the mushrooms are so bitter 
Um, it's just, it's just really, really hard to overshadow yeah. that. It, you can't, you know, if you put in 10 grams of sugar per two ounce bottle, we probably overshadow. That would not be good. But we put in, we put in monk fruit and, um, you know, the monk fruit seems to be a lot more popular than stevia. So it's, 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 um, sugar is not the devil anymore. No. And there's a, there's products that still have sugar, but it's still low enough where it's healthy. Yeah. And like MDF, right. Midday Squares does that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're running back towards sugar like wholeheartedly, like maybe we once did. Like it used to be like, it was like, what was it? Low, low fat. We didn't care about carbs, but I think it's more about a balance is what we're headed toward. Yeah. 100%. All right. So the next sense. segment, um, we're just going to do a very quick stuff we love here because we're over time. Um, let's see here. I hear some background noise going on. Somewhere. Yeah, I'm not sure. Let me mute for a second. There might be a lawn more outside my window. All right. So let's do stuff we love. I'll be very quick. I've been crushing this, this Olipop root beer, which they... This skew, this Olipop root beer skew, has outsold A&W root beer this year. So, so crazy. That, if that's not a, a fucking victory, I don't know. You know I don't know. I don't yeah, know what it is. It's, it's that's amazing. That's, that's insane that they're even doing that. It's amazing. Um, anyway, that's mine. And, and I, I'm not prepared to uh, to have one. I've, I've been pretty tight up today. But I, I will, I'll just piggyback on Olipop. I, I was able to try the uh, banana this week. And uh, that's probably not something um, without tasting it that I would have had on my shopping list. But they just they just nail it every time. I mean, they're spot on. Um, everything they come out with is is just a winner. So uh, the ginger, just, ginger ale is really good. I don't know oh if you had gosh. that one. Yep. Ginger ale is great. They're yep. uh, they're also the Dr. Goodwin is really good. These newer yep. ones. So, yeah, they're I yep. can't say enough good things like just like you. Same. Yep. Thing. Luke, what do you got? Uh, for me today, I actually spent an hour with an amazing founder of um, Kokata. Um, oh, uh, that's I love those guys, Adam, yeah, and Brianna, Adam and Brianna, and Jared, and Jared. Yep, yep. fabulous, yep. fabulous stuff. I'm a big fan of their product. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, we, we were looking at a slide where we compared it to another product, so the letter N, like Tella. And Not even we were, close. Yeah, we're looking at like the sugar and the ingredient. The first ingredient in Tella is, is sugar. It's terrible. It's still, there's terrible. no added sugar in there, so it's um, and it tastes great. And we it's still just, you, you just eat it out of the jar. You can eat it out of the right, jar, right. literally like a spoon. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We're talking about use cases, and that was one of the use cases, like literally like spooning it out. Um, yeah. They're, they're they're launching in Sprouts nationally in nice. in December, and yeah, really exciting for them. Oh Fantastic. yeah, they're amazing, and the founders are. You know, like Brianna and Adam, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Adam, Adam, Adam Sales, Jared, 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 Jared Adam Brianna Sales. Yep. And then Adam Sales, like they're just the nicest, most down to earth people. Yeah, so, they are. Yeah. They are. And they've, and it, it, guess what? This has not been easy for them. It took them like really a year to get things going. And now it's just blown up. So it's great to see. It is good to a, see. A year is definitely short in CPG. That's, that's, <laughs> that's fast. What I, tell you, I, I, I try telling people that, but yeah. they don't understand. <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, capital P patience in this, in this game. Yes. So, all right. So the next segment is Friday freebies. Friday freebies. All right. So uh, Wade, why don't we go? Well, we have our, we, you know, we'll, we'll say it, even though he's here in front of us virtually, our ongoing sponsor is V-Driven. You've been hearing about it for a part of this episode. They were super gracious and very grateful that they are our ongoing sponsor. They help us some of the back-end back administrative parts of CPG Vibes uh, with their wonderful employees and people that work with us. So thank you, V-Driven. You know their services. You heard it from Luke. If you want to contact either him directly it's uh, or their website is vdriven dot com v d r i v e n dot com or you can email luke directly l u k e dot a double b o double t at v driven dot com and luke is such an open person he'll take a call with you he wants to gen genuinely help you but you already you feel that in this episode i don't even need to say it absolutely and he'll answer your email he will Indeed. answer the email. I'll, I'll even answer. talk to you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, that's that's our ongoing sponsor. And, and this week's sponsor for this episode is Origo Brands. And I just put that link up. And they are, uh, just let me get back to my, my multitasking here. They're delivering quality Latin foods 
uh, brands from their origin to kitchens and tables across the nation. Chantico Organic Mexican Agave is a great alternative to sugar or honey, speaking of what we were just talking about. Perfect in their single origin, Avenidas Direct Source Coffee. Finally, Monstruo de Guia Barbecue Salsa uses chilies and other ingredients from southwestern U.S. and northern Mexico to give a new dimension of flavor to whatever you're cooking. So just some unique products that they're doing, uh, some different things. And Alex, I think you have the list of or, or the item that they're going to be giving away. Am I right? Yes, sir. So I'm just showing you here. You can see it on the shared screen for those that are watching. It's the Shantico Organic Raw Agave Organic. You're going to get a pack of this, I believe, at least of three, possibly of six, depending on what their stock level is. Fully harvested, very um, just transparent supply chain. And the owner, David Cisneros, he literally goes down there and travels for literally many months out of the year to see the supply chain and sourcing process. So it's uh, or it's origobrands.com. And then Shantico Agave is one of their lines. So um, it's delicious, raw. One of the, I think the best agave nectar I've ever had in my life. Now, other people have had other agave nectars, but this goes in smoothies. You can put it on pancakes, uh, cereal, hot cereal, cold cereal, whatever you want. So, um, so you can win a pack of those. That's going to be the prize worth about, I think, 60, 70 bucks. So Luke, uh, you know how this works because you've been on a guest on our show before. What question would you like to ask that somebody needs to answer to win this fantastic prize so they can sweeten up with sugar, right? We're getting back to sugar. So. I love it. I love it. So this one might be really hard for people unless they know Wade really, very well. But I'd um, like to know, I'm going to answer, what was Wade's first retailer he worked for in, in the retail space? Mm, somebody's okay. going to get that. Somebody's going to get that. We didn't talk about it on the show, did we? Yeah, we did. We might have. It was very They're quick. all blurring together. They're all blurring together today. Um, but uh, that's yeah, a good I, question. Someone's going to get I, that. I didn't have my mud water, so I really, or my genius boost, so I can't really, I don't know the answer. I'm going to wait for the delay. You know, something I've, something I've noticed uh, that some of the, some of the comments aren't showing up on the StreamYard feed. So it's, it's hard for me to keep up sometimes with some, I'm trying to on the comments. That's why you see me keep looking at my phone. It's just happened over the last few weeks. Yeah. StreamYard uh, and LinkedIn, I think they're having a little bit of a tussle, you know, they're hmm. trying to get back together, you know? So, uh, it's, yeah, they it's ha not, ha ha haven't synced well. Yeah. So Sean, it's not big bear. A uh, big Maybe. bear in San Diego. Wow. No, he, he said he's, he's questioning if it was big bear. It's not big bear. I just know big bear is a skiing resort <laughs> like in, uh, East, East. Uh, so it's way. not showing up on Streamyard, but it's showing up on my phone. Tom Malingo has okay. the right answer. It's, I'm not it's, seeing it either. Go, Tom. It's, it's, it's on my it's on my phone. I see it because I see Sean's comment. Interesting, um, but but I don't see I don't see Tom's, but I do see it on my phone. So okay, so Mr. Tom, Malingo, you got it, Mister Doctor Malingo. I just call everyone Doctor these days. So make uh, <laughs> sure reach out to cpgvibes100 at gmail.com, and we will connect you with uh, Orgo Brands. David Cisneros, the CEO. They're also raising, um, and they're a client of mine. I just got to put this up here. It's going to multitask, but it's start in. They're raising on Start Engine. So if you go to startengine.com slash offering slash Orgo brands, and if you just literally Google Start Engine Orgo, O R I G O brands, you can actually invest in them. So um, on Start Engine. So there you go. Um, all right. Well, this was a great show. I mean, we went over an hour, which is to be expected. You know, when Luke's on, a lot of, <laughs> I mean, in a good way, there's a lot of things we're cramming into this, a lot of great info. So thank you. I'll make it a super simple statement. Thank you for what you do for the CPG community, Luke. We love you. My pleasure. Absolutely. And thank you too, as well. This show is amazing and it is so much for industry. It's an honor to be here today. Definitely. Awesome having you, Luke. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. So that's episode 90. And again, we're ongoing sponsor V Driven as well. So just an additional shout out to them, vdriven.com for all the services that Luke was talking about earlier in the episode. 
And we'll be back next week for episode 91. So make sure to email us, cpgvibes100, gmail.com. If you'd like to sponsor, if you'd like to be a guest. One more time, make sure to give us five stars. We need it, please. And uh, yeah, thank you, everyone. And take good care. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Have a great weekend, everybody.